Son, amen. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 1. Amen. You know, sometimes we uh, uh, try not to hype things. You know, it's, it's sometimes it can be natural when you get excited about something, you know, to, to, to hype it and build it up and all that stuff, you know. And when it comes to things of God, you don't, you don't have to hype them. Just let them, let them speak for themselves. And, and, um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, we, <laughs> too, there are certain subjects and topics that um, you get a lot of amens, you know, uh, from certain subjects that you preach and teach on. And then the other ones, you, you get a lot of omes, or at least that's the expression on people's faces. Um, but I believe the word that, that Father has for us tonight is really going to help us. And, and that's, you know, I think the most important thing that, that we're hearing from him, what he, you know, has to say to us and, and how, you know, big of a difference that makes uh, in, uh, in our lives. So uh, praise God. So Matthew um, chapter 7 and verse number 1, it says, Judge not that you be not judged, and with the measure you use, it for with the judgment... I'm sorry, let me start over. <laughs> judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So I want to just run through real quick like some of the things that we've already covered in our uh, study. And one of the things that we've said is that Satan cannot mess up your life without your cooperation. And in Ephesians 4 and 27, we're told to give no place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. If you don't give him place, then he won't have place. So we have to somehow cooperate with him and give him place in our lives if he's going to uh, mess up our lives. We've also said that the devil is trying to trick you into giving him place and then into disqualifying yourself. The Bible says that, that we've been qualified by God to partake of the heavenly things, to partake of our inheritance, to partake of you know, just the goodness of God and the blessings of God and the favor of God, the things of God here in this life. But also he says be sure that you're not cheated of these things or that you're not disqualified from receiving these things. Now, the more we grow in the truth, the harder it becomes for the devil to trick us into cooperating with him. So the more we grow and, and the more we learn, the more we develop, the harder it becomes for the devil to trick us into cooperating with him. But what we see from Jesus' experiences in in dealing with the devil is that when the devil tried one approach that didn't work he then tried another approach and then a third approach and we see that the devil wants to steal the word from you and if he can't steal the word from you he's going uh, to to try and pressure you into backing off the word and if he can't pressure you into backing away from the word then he's going to try to bring other things up into your life to slowly and gradually choke the word out notice you know, if he's trying to, to, to steal it, if he's uh, trying, you know, to get you to back away from it, or if he's trying to choke it out, all of these represent different strategies that the devil uh, uses against us. Now, 
We also know from the scriptures that Satan is the accuser of the brethren and he is relentless in his accusations. Relentless in his accusations. And I believe among other reasons that he is constantly accusing us is that he wants you to be judged. He is accusing you like a prosecuting attorney. He is bringing accusations before you because he wants you to be judged. Now, we also see from the scriptures that we protect ourselves from being judged by judging ourselves, two ways that you can protect yourself from being judged, by judging yourself and by not judging others. By judging yourself and not judging others. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one says, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now, this we'll talk about this more in the days ahead. This doesn't mean condemning yourself and punishing yourself and kicking yourself when you're down. That's not judging yourself. That's condemning yourself, and that's not what he's talking about here. But if we would judge ourselves, meaning if we, if we wouldn't be so interested in focusing on and pointing out flaws, mistakes, inconsistencies in other people's lives, but instead asking the Lord to show us uh, the things in our lives that, that need to be fixed and corrected, uh, the better, okay? So the other thing that we've learned and are going to build some more on tonight is that we qualify for mercy by showing mercy to others. We qualify for mercy by showing mercy to others. So a couple of questions that, that we've looked at is, um, well, let's just talk about this one. Is it, is it still judging another person if there is a legitimate problem? In, in other words, if, if, if somebody is obviously doing something that breaks one of the Ten Commandments, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of a quote-unquote no-brainer that they're wrong, does that somehow mean it's not judging um, and the answer is no, it's still judging, even if the other person is obviously wrong. Jesus didn't say, why are you falsely accusing your brother of having a speck in his eye? It was obviously God had an issue. It was obviously the speck in his eye is representing some problem, some issue, some mistake, some flaw, some error uh, in, in this other person's life. So Jesus didn't say, why are you saying he has a problem when he doesn't? Why are you saying that there's an issue when there's not one? Clearly there was a problem. Clearly there was an issue. Jesus is asking, again, why are you so focused on problems, faults, issues, errors, mistakes, inconsistencies, etc., in the lives of other people? And why do you feel compelled to not only focus on these uh, issues, but to point them out? Now, one of the most important things that I think you can really come to terms with in your life is that from the Scriptures we come to to this understanding that God will deal with you the way you deal with other people. God will deal with you the way you deal with other people. Now, I want to pull a phrase out because this is what we're going to really, I think, focus in on for the rest of our time together this evening. When Jesus is talking about judgment and mercy, in Luke 7, he talks about the same uh, measure of mercy that you extend will be measured back to you. Uh, or the same measure of judgment that you measure out uh, will be measured back to you. I love what the Holy Spirit said through James. He said that mercy rejoices against judgment. Okay, One translation says it this way, mercy triumphs over judgment. 
So we see then that um, the opposite of judging someone is to show that person mercy. Or the opposite of showing that person mercy would be to judge them. And again, judging is simple. I think we've I think so many in the body of Christ are in denial about their, their judgment problems is because we think judgment is something much more severe than what it really is. And to judge another person is to form and express a negative opinion about them. I mean, look it up in every Greek dictionary you want to look it up in. This is what Jesus is talking about. And he gives us, again, the illustration of what he means when he says, why do you focus on the speck in your brother's eye? Why do you feel so compelled to, to pay attention to and draw attention to, call attention to uh, someone else's problem or issue while ignoring at the same time your own? Now, let's focus then on this because he says the measure you use is the measure that will come back to you. The measure you use is the measure that will come back to you. So measure is obviously a key word in these verses. We may say something like standard, okay? Or how about this? Think of what he's talking about here as the stick you use to measure other people. The stick that you use or the standard that you use to measure other people. You see, we judge other people when we measure them against a standard. We judge other people when we measure them against a standard. To see them, I'm trying to use this in, in phrases and in, in language that surely nobody in this room's ever used, but probably you know somebody. Let's just say it that way, okay? Uh, to see how someone measures up. To someone, how someone measures up, okay? So what he's saying here is, uh, in these verses, is that you will be measured according to the same stick you use to measure other people. You will be measured according to or with the same stick that you use to measure other people. Now, there are all kinds of reasons on a practical level why we should not judge. The most important one is that, is that God told us not to. Jesus told us not to, and he told us not to in no uncertain terms. It, you, it, again, you don't have to do a lot of deep diving in the original languages uh, to understand what it means when Jesus says, judge not. Do not judge. Do not do it. Even if there's clearly a problem in your brother's life, do not judge him. Okay, So he's telling us not to do it, and that in and of itself um, you know, should be enough for us because he told us not to do it, then we shouldn't do it. But among the other reasons, and we'll cover some of these, I want to talk about more than I have time to talk about tonight. Let, let, me, give you, let me just introduce this one, okay? <clears throat> How many times have you said or thought about another person I just don't understand why they do that. I just don't understand why they keep doing that. I just don't understand why they live like that. I just don't understand how they could think that way. I just don't understand how she could say things like that. I just don't understand. See, so, so think about what you're saying, okay? Um, are you qualified to judge something you don't understand? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We don't, 
you know, we don't understand it. And then all of a sudden, we don't understand it, but we're, we're qualified to judge it. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? I don't understand Olympic diving. I don't understand, I mean, I love to watch skateboard half-pipe, but I don't, I don't understand what's the difference between a high score and a low score. I mean, I obviously somebody falls. In diving, if they make a big splash, I know that's a problem, but if they make a little splash, then that's probably a pretty good dive. But I'm not, I'm not qualified. I don't, I don't understand some of the ins and outs of these things. So by, by virtue of me saying I don't understand why somebody would ever uh, be addicted to heroin, I don't understand why someone would be attracted to someone of the same sex, I don't, then, then why are you judging it if you, if you don't understand it? We shouldn't, understand, we shouldn't judge, period. But see, we just, con, we just condemned ourselves by beginning with I don't understand and then just lowering the boom on somebody. Okay, Amen. I know, you know, I'm talking about the devil stripping power lines off the building to keep me from preaching this. I don't know what you was expecting, but amen. Just, just a, stay with me, please. Praise God. So God is saying that you'll be measured according to the stick that you use to measure others. Now, I said there are uh, lots of reasons why we shouldn't judge other than just simply God telling us not to do it. And I'm going to ask you to, to really keep an open heart and open mind uh, and just give me a few minutes to, to show you um, what it is the Holy Spirit, say to you what I, what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say to us tonight, okay? Um, you see, one of, the, one of the main reasons why, other than Jesus telling us not to do it, that we shouldn't judge, is that um, we do not measure all people with the same stick. When he says you will be measured by the same stick you measure other people with. And as he began to show me what this means, my next question was, which stick? That's the title of tonight's sermon, by the way. Which stick? Question mark, okay. Which stick? Why am I saying which stick? Which stick? Because we don't measure everybody in our lives with the same stick. And so if we're going to be measured with the stick that we use to measure other people. Can I jump ahead to the end of the sermon and I'll come back and fill in, okay? For um, just, you know, what's the word I'm trying to use here? Give you a little insight, all right? It's not the stick you use to measure your grandchildren. Okay, right? That's not the stick that he measures you with. Why am I saying that? Those of you who don't have grandchildren, you'll have them one day, okay? <laughs> and you'll understand what I'm talking about here, right? Your grandchildren are the ones that you are the most likely to show mercy to. Are you with me, right? Amen. All right, we'll talk some more about that. Let me, let me keep going here, right? So which of our measuring sticks will God use to measure us with? See, we tend to show more love, more mercy, and more patience towards people we like and less mercy, love, and patience towards those we don't. So you may say, and, and listen, I, I, I think it's a valid argument, yeah, but Pastor Mark, that's, that's only human. You're right, and again, this is why we 
shouldn't judge. It's only natural for us to show more mercy to someone we know and love and less to someone that we barely know and annoys us. Think with me for a moment. Who are you more likely to give the benefit of the doubt to? A friend you know and love or a stranger? The reality is we do not judge everyone the same. We do not measure everyone by the same stick. So I'll try to have a little fun with this, but just, okay. So imagine for a moment, this happens to all of us. You're, You're driving down the road and all of a sudden, you know, some car pulls out in front of you and cuts you off. You have to slam on your brakes and... And, you know, you're on top of everything else. It's kind of been a rough morning for you already. And, and, and you're in a hurry to get where you got to go. And, and it, it, just, it, just, it just bothered you. It just ticked you off, right? Okay? Okay? Now, imagine that that car has a Biden-Harris bumper sticker on it. Okay. No, I'm going to go too far. Imagine you're an Alabama fan and it's got an Auburn tag on it. Versus a conservative politician or your favorite football team. See, we don't, we don't even know this person. We don't even, we don't even know this person. But we are more likely to show them mercy if they have the bumper sticker of the political party on their car that we align with and the football team that we cheer for than we are if they have an opposite. Right? What's one of those coexist, right? (laughs) Come on now, you with me? We, we, we can judge people based upon their vanity plate. I don't know that person. See, the reality of it is this. We tend to judge on a sliding scale. Now, I know it's been a long day for a lot of us. Let's just, amen, the Holy Spirit's going to help us. When we say a sliding scale... A sliding scale is a standard that varies or a standard that changes according to conditions. A sliding scale as opposed to a fixed scale. If it's fixed, it doesn't matter what happens, it's the same period, okay? But a sliding scale, anybody remember in school, I know we we got some students in the room, so you guys, teenagers in the room, anybody remember or do you have a teacher that grades on the curve? Anybody remember that? Grades on the curve. What does that mean? It means that a hundred is not necessarily a hundred because, you know, let's say the highest grade in the class is a ninety-four. All of a sudden, a ninety-four becomes a hundred. So it kind of it, it, it gives everybody else some grace. You know, unless you had some people in class, like I had in class, right? That made hundreds every time. You know, I feel so sorry for those kids that were in school with Daniel. You know. Made hundreds on everything. How about this? Anybody in here pay taxes? You realize the IRS assesses taxes on a sliding scale. It tends to be um, the more money you make, the higher percentage of taxes the government wants. The less money you make, the less taxes that the government wants to 
collect from you. In other words, it's not the same for everybody. That's what we mean by a sliding scale. Now, I love them, and I'm well aware they're in the room tonight, but my parents measured their grandkids with a different stick than they used for me and my brother and my sister. And I do the same thing with mine. I do the same thing with mine. I'll never forget, Will, Matt, and Vanessa's oldest, he was the first you know, grandchild on, on, on our side of the family, and they, you know, their family. And, and um, <clears throat> he was just a toddler. Will's just a little tight, still in diapers. And, and, um, and he threw a little t- temper tantrum over at Mom and Dad's family gathering, you know, threw a little temper tantrum over at Mom and Dad. And, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, like the rod or nothing like that. But, you know, Matt, I called it dusting him off. Anybody know what it means to dust a kid off? You know what I'm saying? He's kind of, any dust on his diaper is just knocked out of that diaper, right? Gave him a swat on the backside. My Marine Corps Sergeant Dad. And I quote, hey, he's just expressing himself. I was like, I like looked at Matt and I'm like, who is this man and what did he do with our father? I, I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't think he ever said, oh, they're just, he's, Matt's just expressing himself. No, right? See, that's a sliding scale. <clears throat> now, you're going to have to stay real close as we finish this up tonight, okay? And don't shout out an answer. I don't mind you shouting out an answer other than it's kind of awkward for all of us if you shout out the wrong one. So just keep your answers to yourself and just think about this for a moment, okay? Does God judge everyone the same? Now, there's something almost visceral in us that that wants to just shout out and say, yes! But he doesn't. God does not judge everyone the same, but He judges everyone justly. I know some of you are thinking, hold on a second, Pastor Mark, that, that don't sound right to me. He doesn't judge everyone the same, but He judges everyone justly. Now, one of the reasons, and we talked about this a little bit in class uh, this evening, Um, one of the reasons God doesn't judge everyone the same is because everyone's not the same. See, one day when you stand before God, you won't be judged based upon what Matt Winslet did operating for many years in the office of a prophet. But you will be judged based upon what you did with what you were given. Jesus taught us this very clearly. Does God judge everyone the same? No, but He judges everyone justly. All right, let me give you another verse here. Because if something's going to be scriptural, we've got to have some scripture, right? James chapter 3, verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. What is He saying? He's saying that those who come forward as leaders in the body of Christ 
will be held to a higher standard. They will be held to a higher measure. Are you seeing this? A strict, see now, you, you read this verse and you go, man, oh, you, you've been trying to talk us into serving and doing some stuff, Pastor Mark, but I don't think so based on that. No, no, see, more grace comes as well when you, you know, step up into these uh, service roles in the body of Christ. But clearly, teachers are held to a higher standard or we could say a different measure than others. Now, if I've shocked you so far with what I'm saying, this one's probably going to shock you even more. Would it surprise you to find out God also judges on a sliding scale? God also judges on a sliding scale. Again, what is a sliding scale? A sliding scale is a standard that changes or varies according to conditions. Okay? So as I've already said, our sliding scale of judgment tends to slide on the axis of love. Meaning what? Meaning the more we love someone, the more fondness we have in our heart for them, the more merciful we tend to be towards them. Have you ever used this expression, well, I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> no, I'm going to let that slide. Again, that sliding scale, right? You're going to let it slide for this person because you love them or because they've been good to you or because they've helped you in some way or whatever. And so, you know, you say, well, you know, I'm just going to let that slide. Somebody else do the same thing, man. You're ready to drop the hammer on them. You're not going to let it slide for them. So would it surprise you to find out that God also judges on a sliding scale? Now, if you'll notice, all caps, this is important. Okay, I don't know how else to say. This is important. So make sure you get this, okay? Our sliding scale of judgment tends to slide on an axis of love. God's sliding scale of judgment slides on the axis of mercy you show to others. Do you see the difference here? Does God judge people he loves? Absolutely. Absolutely. You see, we, we tend to get this so confused because, you know, we think, well, you know, because we love somebody, we, we're going to show them more mercy than we would show somebody that, that we don't love. Here's the problem with that. God loves us all. So when it comes to his sliding scale of judgment, it's not about how much he loves you. He loves you. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. He loves you enough to give Jesus as a ransom for your life. My friend, he knew you before you ever formed in your mother's womb. He sings over you while you sleep at night. He loves you. But his sliding scale of judgment is not dependent or based upon his love for you. His sliding scale of judgment slides on the axis of the mercy you show other people. Does he love everyone the same? Yes. Does he give everyone the same amount of grace? No. Whoa, Pastor Mark, I just you're saying all these things about God. I'm just not sure you're right. Well, James 4, 6, what does it say? He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, 
but gives grace to the humble. My friend, he's not talking to sinners here. He's talking to believers. This is written to men and women who've been born again. Certainly God gives grace, the grace of God that brings salvation. The Bible says in Titus, has appeared to all men. So there's certainly a baseline of God's grace. Grace is when God shows you favor and is good to you when you don't deserve it. But does he give everybody the same amount of grace? No. Who gets the grace? The humble get the grace. So he gives more grace. He gives more grace to the humble. Now listen to me please. God hates a double standard. If you want to to learn about judging and what judging looks like and how not to do it and, and all that stuff... James, the book of James has so much to say. And we're going to, we're going to look at some more things in James as, as we continue uh, to be led by the Holy Spirit in, in this current uh, vein of study. Okay? But like one of the things that, that we see in the book of James about judging is when in, in, the early, in, in those days in the church, if, if somebody came in dressed really nice, driving a nice car, appeared to have a lot of money, they would give them a really nice seat somewhere up front. If somebody, you know, appeared to not have as much and weren't dressed as nice or whatever, they would, they would put them somewhere in the back. It's called racism. It's called prejudice. Prejudging somebody based on their appearance or their color of skin or, 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 or what have you, okay? Again, it's a double standard. God hates it. So do not misunderstand what His Word is revealing to us here. And, and I'm, as, the, as the Holy Spirit is revealing this to me, let me, let me give you the kind of the, the, the irony of all this, all right? Um, I, had, I had worked on this particular part of the sermon, I don't, I don't exaggerate, about three hours last, last Wednesday. And um, so I was going to, uh, had a bunch of notes, and, and so I was, I was going to go home and, and uh, eat a quick bite of lunch and just kind of get out of the office, clear my head, and come back. And, uh, and, and finish it up, get ready for class. You know, that was kind of my Wednesday routine and, and you know, love it. You know, just hear me and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and learning and growing together. And, and so I left and I had, had almost made it home when Mike across the street, um, he called me. He said, Pastor Mark, you probably need to get back down here. I'm like, well, what's up, Mike? It's like, he's like, ah, an 18-wheeler's come through your parking lot and, and, uh, and he's pulled down the power lines. He's pulled down both power poles, the... The transformers are, are, are on the ground. The poles are all broken up. He, he pulled a tree down. Well, in my mind, the tree is the oak tree right here, not the crepe myrtle in the, in the island. He said, the parking lot's all tore up. He said, the, I said, was well, the guy still there? He said, no, he took off, but I called the police. I didn't know it then, but the barber, you know, Mr. Mr. Johnny over here, he, you know, and so, I mean, he, it's, it is a mess out there, okay? And, um, but here's the thing, okay? Um, forming and expressing a negative opinion about another person. See, I'm standing out there in the parking lot, and every new group that comes up, what was that idiot thinking? So here comes, you know, so first it's the police, right? Then it's the firemen. Then it's the power company. Then it's the electric company to help us fix the building. Then it's the, uh, you know, the Friday, the AT&T guys out there going, what 
in the world? Was he drunk? Was he high? Was he, you know, I mean, just everybody, you know, and I'm going, Lord, I will not form or express a negative opinion about this man. I will not, I will not form and express a negative opinion about this man. I even said, I even showed him mercy. I said, you know what, guys? We've all been in situations like this where we've panicked. Am I the only person that's ever been in an awkward position and panicked? When I should have stood there and done whatever, faced whatever music needed to be faced, but instead I took off, I tried to hide it, I tried to be deceptive, I tried to cover it up, I tried to pretend like it didn't happen. There's not a person in this room, not a person in this room that hasn't done that. Okay, it's very easy. Yeah, well, I ain't done one. Again, we're not talking about how big or small the, the, the two by four sticking out of the side of your head is. It's just the fact that we've all got one. We've all done this. But here's the thing. It's, it's an opportunity for me to either express judgment or mercy. Are you, are you seeing? Okay. And, and I'm going to tell you. So for me, it's like, man, it goes class. I goes. You know, I mean, things are already so busy now. I got to try to deal with all this. You know, I mean, all these thoughts, and I'm not going. Matter of fact, I prayed for the man. I'm not trying to act some super spiritual guy up here. I prayed for him. I, man, he is in trouble. You know, he he's he's probably looking for a job right now. I mean, you know, what I'm saying. Um, okay, so the Lord showed me all this that. He also judges on a sliding scale, but not based on his love, but based on the mercy we choose to show or refuse to show to other people. And I'm like, Lord, I really believe you're showing me this. I really believe you're speaking to me on this. I said, but could you show it to me in at least another place in the Bible? And immediately he says, my servant David. Now, I don't know when's the last time you've read the history of Israel in the Old Testament, especially starting with King Saul and working our way through all the kings that were in Israel. But it's very clear to me that David was shown mercy when others were not. I got any students in the Bible in here tonight that would agree with me on this. David was shown mercy when others were not. As a matter of fact, God says something like this about David. He goes, he was faithful to me, he served me, he didn't make a mistake all his life, except for that part about Uriah. I'm like, that part about Uriah, you know, it, it, it wasn't that like he copied Uriah's homework. Are you understand what I'm saying? He stole Uriah's wife, got her pregnant, and have, had him murdered. Do you, do you realize the judgment that fell on so many of the kings of Israel that didn't do anything that we have record of that would fall into that type of, of, of a category? So David was shown mercy when other kings were not. But listen to me. Not because God played favorites and loved David more. Are you ready for it? David was shown mercy when others were not because David gave mercy when others did not. See it, see? That's the sliding scale. You look at, you look at all the mercy that God showed David and you're like, man, Father, you know, I, this, I haven't tried to work my way through this, you know, and all these other things. He was shown mercy because he showed mercy. 
Not because God's like, well, you know, I mean, David's my pet. You know, he's my favorite. You know, so I'm just going to look the other way on, on his business. No. He was shown more mercy because he showed more mercy. Now, what do we know? We know that God looks on the heart. Am I right about this? Matter of fact, we know that David was a man after God's own heart. That's what the Bible says about him. I think I finally, and, and not that, not, you know, I've got more light on it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I've got more light on what that means. And I've always tried to understand that from the perspective of he was a man after, like going after, pursuing after trying to capture God's heart, trying to, you know, satisfy God and, and get God's attention and, and all that other stuff. And I'm, I'm not saying that we couldn't make a case for that look at it, but I think what God is really saying when he says, David's a man after my own heart, is that David took after him. David, as a man on the earth, had a heart that was a whole like the heart of God in heaven. It took after it. See, Jesus gave us a lot of instructions about, about how we, things that we can do to be like our Father here. God looks on the heart. So just think with me for a moment. Which best reveals what's in your heart the way you treat someone you love or the way you treat someone who is mean to you? Which best reveals what's in your heart? What you do for people who have the power and ability to help you and do something in return for you? Or what you do for those who don't have the power or ability to help you in return? This is basically what Jesus is saying. We'll get to these verses next week. This is basically what Jesus is saying in, 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 towards the end of Matthew chapter 5. What best reveals what's really in your heart? How you love someone who is easy to love or how you love someone who is hard to love? What best reveals what's in your heart? Speaking to those who speak to you or taking the time to speak with someone others have overlooked? What best reveals what's in your heart, the way you treat your grandchild or the way you treat your coworker who's hard to get along with? Who are you taking after when you show mercy? Who are you acting like when you judge others? Who are you being like when you point out other people's faults or when you accuse other people of wrong? Do I need to remind you who the accuser of the brethren is. So which dick? I believe this is why Jesus instructed us on how to treat our enemies. Because you'll not be measured, you'll not be judged by the stick you use to measure your grandchildren or your favorite person. You'll be measured by the stick, by the stick you use to measure those you don't like. See, we want credit for showing mercy to people that it's easy to show mercy to, but when it's really time to show mercy is 
when we would rather seek revenge. So here's the simple question. Which stick? Do you want to be measured with the same stick you measure everyone else with? Do you want to be measured with the stick that you use to measure people who irritate you? Now, this may be one of those better safe than sorry things, but I'm convinced it will be the latter. In other words, <laughs> Father's not judging you by the stick that you use to judge people who are good to you and have blessed you and helped you, and so you're going to let them slide. See, we, we think, well, that's the stick we'll be measured by. I don't think so. I don't think so. Amen. Amen. You good? Stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I could go two more hours, but we'll save it for next week. Are you okay? Everybody all right? Let's go back to where we started and I'll pray, okay? This is the Wednesday night bunch. What does that mean? I mean, these you guys are faithful, man. I mean, you guys are you guys are all in. We talk about commitment on Sunday. You know, we've got it's committed people here. You know, a lot of you, your day started before the sun came up. And you've got clothes to wash and lunches to pack and chores to do when you get home. Garbage day is Thursday morning for us, so that's always my plan. Go home, start rounding up the garbage, get it to the road. Amen. What's the point I'm trying to make? The point I'm trying to make is you guys aren't just like casual about your relationship with God. You're serious about it. You're here on a Wednesday night. You want to learn. You want to grow. You're serious about it. So because you're learning and growing, it makes it more and more challenging for the devil to deceive you or trick you and me into giving him some place in our lives. I think this is one of his favorite ones. I, I got so many things firing off. Let me, let me just say this, okay? See, as, as, as word of faith, as, as faith children of a faith God, right? So what do we do? We watch what we say. about ourselves <laughs> we watch what we say about our situation we watch what we say about our problems and our issues we watch what we say about our symptoms we watch what we say about this and that and all these other things but sometimes word of faith people don't watch what they say about other people see that that's again so the devil can't get you to keep talking about i think i'm getting sick and i'm uh, i'm trying to come down with a cold and uh, that pies to die for you. We we learn. We listen. We learn. We got to quit saying that a long time ago, right? Okay. So he's like, well, okay. I guess I'm gonna have to try another strategy now to get them to offend, offend. You know, disqualify themselves with what they say out of their mouth. So we would never ever, uh, you know, talk about you know some 
negative confessing doubt and all these other things, man, we would just, if we're not careful again, the devil will have us. You got it already. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Father, thank you for the opportunity tonight to just share this message, Lord, that's making such a huge difference in my life with, with other people who are hungry for you and to please you. Father, I believe that this room is filled with and that, that men and women are, are watching right now, Lord, who, like David, they're, they're men and women after your own heart. They, they want to have a heart on the earth like your heart in heaven. They want to take after you, Father. They want to show mercy like you show mercy, grace like you show grace, Father. Generosity, generous people, Lord God, because you're such a generous God. We see all of those factors in David, so quick to forgive. So quick to forgive, so quick to show honor. Father, we love you tonight. And we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Your love, if nobody's told you that.